Bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma in violence-riddled neighborhoods. We find ourselves at an interesting moment, pivotal in fact. As we collectively attempt to navigate uncharted waters, I'm constantly thinking about how prepared I am. For a large portion of my life, lockdown was my reality. This in no way suggests that our current shelter in place order is comparable to the physical lockdown currently being experienced by two million plus men and women across this country, because it's not. However, there is something that lockdown and shelter in place have in common. It forces us and allows us to be still. For many of us, our daily routines have been disrupted, our financial stability tested, and we search for certainty in this uncertain time. We frantically watch the news, mine through countless articles in Google, as we attempt to fact check the multitude of social media posts that attempt to keep us informed or misinformed. Well, at least I do. It is in these moments when I am reminded of a different time in a different place. It is in these moments when shelter in place conjures up memories of being locked down while in prison. For 23 years, the Illinois Department of Correction was my place of residency. When I was released from prison five and a half years ago, I could have never imagined that I would once again be faced with the lockdown or anything remotely similar. Prison is an entirely different place while in lockdown. On lockdown, all prison movement comes to a complete stop. It is a wholly different experience from being simply locked up. On lockdown, our daily routines were disrupted as we were confined to ourselves for 24 hours a day for the duration of the lockdown. Those of us who were most fortunate or simply better prepared often fared better as the prison economy came to our most complete halt. There was no work unless you were essential to the daily operation of the prison. There was no commissary or prison store where food, clothes, and toiletries were purchased. All you didn't have, you simply didn't have, or you relied on those who did. Kites and informal prison mail, lines, mode of delivering kites and other items, and anyone who could get out of their cell were our primary and often only source of communication. We searched from either cell bars or window for any signs of movement. We stopped officers daily in search of information that would give some idea of how long the lockdown would last. It is in these moments when these two worlds, shelter in place and lockdown collide, that I remember the lessons of those lockdowns. There was so much that I learned about myself and others during those lockdowns that at times I would secretly wish for lockdowns. Lockdowns, much like shelter in place, forced me to be still. It stripped away all the daily distractions and allowed me to not only see myself, but others for that matter. Lockdown forced me, us, to sort of rely on one another in ways that ignored typical jail or prison politics. It is in these moments that our common humanity overrides physical and philosophical differences. Prison can and often is a very contentious place. For most of us, the lines are drawn long before we set foot on a prison gallery or tier. Race, ethnicity, gang, organization, affiliation, sexuality, and even crimes serve as demarcations. But lockdown changes all of that. Necessity blurs and sometimes erases these boundaries. During this shelter in place, so many of us have stepped up and stepped beyond our physical and philosophical differences to help and serve those that need it most. We have banded together in a sense of shared humanity to support one another in these challenging times. As we move in what seems to be a frenetic pace towards the end of shelter in place, 
let us not forget these moments where in our stillness, we were able to see one another for the first time. Wow. Well, all right. <laughs> Man, I, I read it when you had sent that, when you shared it, but I mean, to hear you read it, it's a whole other level. That was great. I like that little Johnny. My name is Johnny Page. I'm the uh, co-director of programs and partnerships for Contexto. I'm Dimitri, uh, an author circle facilitator at Contexto's. I'm Le Charles. I am one of the podcast producers for Contextos. And also an also a published author. I'm Darius. I'm a circle coordinator for Contextos. Cool, cool. So Johnny, you just read um something that you wrote for our blog, right? Did you write that for the Contextos blog? Yes, for the Contextos blog. Okay, cool. I I felt you I felt you on that one, man. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, you say was you was you thinking like you know the, the the state we in now too close to lockdown right so what happened was honestly I, I you know i would see these memes from like guys that been to the joint and they have pictures of dudes in prison to my this is a real lockdown y'all don't run about no lockdown and, and i'm like you can't compare the two you understand what i'm saying like there's really no comparison to lockdown and and um shelter in place there you can't i mean the physicality of it is totally different so you can't compare that but what you can put what you can compare the mental space right or um what happens in that space and so for me it was about like when i think about lockdown i always thought about what happens during lockdown right so if we're on lockdown and let's say we don't like i remember one time we went on lockdown it was February or something. We didn't come off till November. So you know it's ugly. We didn't go to wow. commissary since June. So you know it got if you if you're not one of them guys that's in shape, it's gonna be brutal. What do you mean by in shape, Johnny? Meaning that you don't you're not prepared. So like um so for me, I always was thinking, I always because when I first came to prison, the, the first joint I went to was Pontiac, right? And Pontiac stayed on lockdown. We come we'll be on for 29 days. We'll come off for two days. We'll go back on. Um, we'll hit 29 days. They'll let us off on the 30th day. We'll go right back on. So I always said, I'm never getting caught like that. So I always, I would always, like, I would have all the um, non-perishable items, okay. cans, noodles, soap, deodorant. Mm-hmm. I would have survival kit. Mm-hmm. It's beyond a survival kit. I would have literally have three, four months worth oh my of gosh. commentary just ready in case, because you don't, you never know, you know you're gonna do at least 30 days, right? So everybody prepared to do, you know, you prepare for like two, three weeks. The average person will make it through a week, right? Um, the average person will make it through a week. Those who are a little above average will make it a couple weeks. Those of us who are like, oh hell no, that's like really truly first and experience, like have that experience, we gonna, we can go, we'll get through a month, like without sweating because we prepare for it. So you're gonna make sure that you got the, you got what you need to make sure that when um, when they cut, start cutting stuff off or they're not showing up, or then when they finally say you go to commissary, but you can only spend fifteen dollars. What you you got you got to spend fifteen dollars. What you need soap, you need deodorant. Right. So at that point, you can go beyond the basics because you you stockpile the basics. Because right. I already I already have all that. I just need to replace some stuff. My fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Replace the stuff that goes fast, so I can spend. I can get a case of noodles and say, "Okay, I still got these noodles because I, I can get me a job peanut butter." Because you, those are things that's staple. You need noodles, peanut butter. 
you can eat that by itself. You don't mm-hmm. need nothing to go with it, but it, it, it keeps the hunger out. And you can, you know, you, you get a chance, you know, when the state trays come in, you can, you mix and match. You take what's on the state tray, mix it with a noodle. You got a, a three-course meal. So, <laughs> okay. So for me, I always thought about like what, but sometimes I used to, I couldn't wait for lockdown because um, the prison is still on a lockdown. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. in most cases, depending on what it is, if you know, every we need, I need a break. I need us to be. I don't need nobody out. I don't need to be thinking. I don't need to be worried. I don't need to be like you know what I'm saying. Like I don't have to be on because you know what? That door's locked. Can't nobody come in. It can't nobody get out but the mm. officer. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's a it it, it, it brings a, it's a it's a stillness that allows you to tap into something else in yourself. And that was that is. A line that surprised me in what you wrote was where you said um, that you secretly wish for lockdowns. You just said, like, you know, you get a, I guess it locks down certain variables, right? (laughs) There are fewer variables to contemplate. Um, When you're on lockdown, you say that there's a, in terms of your mental spaces, uh, it's a break. There's a stillness that comes with it, right? Right. It allows you to be still. So we get caught up. It's just like out out in free society, right? So beyond the walls, we we rambling. We like right even now. Uh, I don't want to get up. I, I this was my first morning since the shelter in place that I didn't get up at. Like I'm going to work at seven eight o'clock. The first morning we've been on this. Wow. How long? Yeah, seven weeks now, something like that. Seven, seven weeks, and this is my first morning not getting up at seven uh, eight a.m. Like I have to actually be somewhere. But because because of the responsibility, other responsibilities I have, hmm. um, and so lockdowns in, inside, one it allows you to you know you can stop for a minute, you can you can yeah there's you you want you wonder what's going on with the lockdown, how long you're going to be on, but there's also a, a space where you can read right. Hmm. You can just take it, it. I might have this book I've been trying to read, or I have a letter I've been wanting to respond to because. When you're still, there's a level of um, clarity that comes about, right? That allows you to sort of tap into something um, that we don't, we're not often, we don't often tap into, right? So sometimes I think I, I don't, I don't know who said this, but I remember here before. It's like if you be, if you be still, you have to be still and be quiet to hear the voice of God, right? Hmm. And so for me, it's not me being still and being quiet to hear the voice of God. It's just me being still and being quiet to hear my own voice, right? And, mm. and, and some would argue that's the voice of God, right? But my point is that you have an opportunity to just be still. And mm. so when you stick, that stillness allows you to see things with a level of clarity that you might have missed when you're caught in the middle of it because everything is happening, right? Gotcha. And so um, shelter in place. In a lot of ways, it presents some of that that similar stillness, right? Because we're out here running, 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 running. There's a lot of things that I said I wanted to do um, post prison, mm-hmm. and a lot of things I've done. But this thing is just, you know, for the last year. Or so I'm like Johnny, you need to do this. You need to sit, right. and figure this out. You need to sit and figure that out. Open up that and box, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, right. Open up the box, right? Right. So we, mm-hmm. we always talk about this infamous, infamous box, but this was my first time having time to open up the box, right? And then in that stillness, it allowed me to write 
the blog. It allowed me to uh, write, do some other writing, the writing that we do at two o'clock, right? It allows me, it gives me time and space to appreciate um, this experience. And then it also allows me to appreciate others. Because what happens is you see what I what I see is like, it, 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 it sort of, um, man, it invigorates me when I see people running to help other folks, mm-hmm. food, whatever it is. I, man, I can go to the store for you for helping with the elderly. So you see all this stuff, right? And so people, these these things, these things that got ignored or these boundaries that kept us apart, they not, you know, they, they, just, they just got so small um, over the course of the shelter in place. And that's similar, similar in prison, right? So I, right. I might not talk to dude them next door because they they um, in a different group, right? So we mm-hmm. don't really communicate. But we're on lockdown. We have to communicate. Right. Why? That's how we move things, right? I, I need to I need to be able to tap on your door and say, hey, bro, <laughs> I need to get this down here. Can you help me move this here? Hey, bro. <clears throat> yeah. Well, hey, bro, um, y'all got any? Uh, y'all got some? Y'all got some salt and pepper packs over there? Whatever it is. We have to start relying on each other, right? Mm. Then you you're calling up staff to the guy that you never went to the you never really messed with this guy, but man, hey bro, uh, you got some noodles up there? Hey, you know, so people start relying on one another. You mentioned Pontiac earlier, and uh, that reminded me of um, we were talking about the on the homecoming episode. You and, and Charles were talking, and Charles, you had mentioned that you'd spent some time at Pontiac also, and I think what you were mentioning it specifically was in the context of how much time you were on lockdown, right? In terms of uh, it's constant. At Pontiac. Uh, Pontiac, Pontiac, when I was there, it's different from when Johnny was there. When Johnny was there, the, the, the prison was a little bit more open. They had population, you know, so his experiences are a little different. When I, when I was there, the whole penitentiary was segregation, which means that if you weren't coming out to get a, get in the shower for 10 minutes, you weren't going nowhere. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean... Man. Actually, my own personal experience is actually is like, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons I was just going to say too, like, with, especially with like electronic monitoring, mm-hmm. you know, like it can be, it, don't get me wrong, Pontiac lockdown is horrible. You know, you really got to deal with yourself, but it's like you, it, you, it's really, you really learn things about yourself. You really have time to sit down and see, and you see people act animalistic that can't take it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because when 24 hour lockdown, you know, some people just generally lose their minds, you know, but for for me, this is a little bit more harder for me. You know, I, I'm not saying that being in jail is any better. No, right. like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm be- I'm better off here than anywhere. I'm better be- off being out than anywhere. But the, the illusion of having freedom hmm. is a little bit tough to deal with. You You're know talking about on electronic monitoring, right? On electronic monitoring, mm-hmm. and even if it even if it's if it's people that's going through the uh, social distancing thing, you know, I can understand that mm-hmm. pain. I mm-hmm. I don't think that they really understand what it's like to be on complete and total lockdown with nothing but a book and a magazine. Right. You know, no entertainment at all, no family, not being able to eat what you want and everything like that. That's horrible. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I can understand that struggle because this is like the illusion. Like my car is in the front, <laughs> but I can't go nowhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. My door wide open, but I can't go here. I love my family and my friends. We had dinner every every Sunday, but we can't do that. You know, like that's right. really tough and hard to deal with. You know what I'm saying? So it's a I weird thing, that. right? It's like, uh, I mean, you can think of lots of situations where, man, had you not known what's out there to to have or do, it would have been almost better than knowing it's there and not having it's access a to it. It's a psychological thing. Because yeah. like, you know, when that door closed, 
You, it, it don't matter what's going on. You know, when that door closed, ain't nothing to talk about. That door ain't coming back <laughs> over until they open it. Right. You know, whereas when you out here, you want to open that door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can open the door, but at the same time, it's like it's consequences behind that. You know, it's like it's consequences right. on electronic monitoring, consequences, period, with the social distancing. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can understand the, the struggle, you know? Yeah, it's a weird uh, thing. And Darius, I was I was thinking about this also that the what Charles was just mentioning is the the weird part. One thing that's weird about social distancing, why it's interesting to watch, I guess, watch and participate in, is you watch the public make this decision to stay home and stay away from each other for everybody's benefit, right? Like the police aren't watching our doors. They haven't brought in the the National Guard to keep us all locked in our houses. Um, but people are choosing to do, you know, what what we've been advised to do by scientists and by the government um, to do what's right for, for everybody else. I think that's an interesting part of it that it's, I don't say lockdown, but it is isolation that we've kind of chosen to take part in in that way and say, all right, this is what we should do. And so we're staying home as opposed to like being, you know, physically locked in our homes. So it's interesting that it's it's voluntary. How, but I do wonder, Darius, how has your experience been with, with social distancing? I know your, your daughter had a birthday yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, her birthday was yesterday. And so typically you'd be able to like, you know, go to the park, go to Chuck E. Cheese, have friends over, do all that. Um, but what's it like in terms of having to do it in this weird new normal time? It wasn't, it wasn't to us, you know, we are, we really like a, a close-knit family, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we, we'd be you know, with ourselves anyways, but we did want to throw her a party, you know, this year because she was turning two. So, it, you know, it, it was a little, you know, it was, I can't say it was bad, you know, because we enjoy quality time with each other, so. Right. Like me, just us, us folk, you know, me, they mother and um, the two, two. Okay. Two um. Yeah, I was thinking about you guys knowing that you had, you know, the birthday celebration because my daughter has had classmates who've had birthdays and my wife also she turned 40 over this you know during this stuff <laughs> and said so a lot of you know birthdays and and things that are being missed in terms of things that we do for ritual things that we do to gather together easter for example um but one thing that i've been thinking about a lot and seeing a lot of people having a hard time with is because it is a pandemic that is killing people and you know because of everything else that's going on people are still having you know, people are, are passing on. There are funerals. And what's been tragic to see and hear about is um, people not having the opportunity to mourn. Uh, and Charles, I know this is something that you talked about in terms of like things happening and you aren't being able to participate in it. Um, and one thing I keep, keep thinking about is in that way, that, that consequence is similar, right? Like having to miss out on, on things that are typically communal things, things that we do together. Um, and because the way things are, you're having to miss out on a lot of that. And not being able to make the decision, you know, uh, having the decision, that's a tough decision because, you know, just like you just brought that up, it's like I could go to um, my loved ones, you funeral who I love very much and see my family mm-hmm. who I love as well. But the consequences is right. that might be fatal. Yeah. You know, that, that's real. That's real, real tough. So, I mean, this is a, this is a decision that has been going on for a long time. I think, it, I think it's going to open people's eyes at the end of the day, mm. as far as, like, I said before, like, you know, um, people have told me how easy it was before, you know, it was like, 
that has really changed. You know, like right. like I think we just come out of this like like Tony said, we come out of this knowing knowing each other more. Hmm. You know, knowing other people's struggles that we haven't been through. All you know what I'm saying? Like we, yeah. we're gonna learn a lot behind that. Yeah, and I think it it'll I hope. <laughs> We'll come out of this with a, a different appreciation for a lot of things. Uh, definitely think a lot of things will be different. Like the, the new normal is going to be different for sure when things get back to whatever normal is going to be. Um, but yeah, I feel like just like you guys have been saying it, it's a chance to, even if it's not a chance to, to consciously make that decision to say, I'm going to think about X, Y, and Z. I feel like we're f- kind of forced to think about things that we just haven't had to think about or have been too busy to think about. Um, now that we're in this situation, like assessing relationships, right? Like who have I talked to? Who have I reconnected with? Who have I not reconnected with? And why is it that I haven't reconnected with those people? Um, But I'm also wondering in terms of when things, if things get back to normal, what you guys um, are hoping is different on the other side. What are some changes that you've seen or started to see that you hope continue on like what are you hoping uh, is different on the other side of this this pandemic i i i'll answer that dimitri i i, I hope people man start to realize how much power that these people got like the government like if they could just you know tell because at the end of the day it's about choice like people should be able to choose no matter what this america we should always be able to choose if we want to stay in the house gotcha. so when you get to telling people all you have to do is it, it get it to me it get too close to lockdown and slavery and getting my rights stripped. You know what I'm saying? Because I know where we came from. So I just hope people wake up and realize, like, damn, these people got a lot of power. You know what I'm saying? Right. They can lock the whole world down. They just say something, and eighty to ninety percent of people stand in the house, no matter if it's necessary or not. Just the way they can take away the choice. You see what I'm saying? Right. And it's been interesting to see there there have been protests, right, in terms of um, people protesting stay-at-home orders. What I find interesting about the protests is that you just mentioned why it is that some people in America are skittish about the government taking away our freedom. And I think there are definitely people who have a reason to be skittish about the government taking away our freedom, right? Because they've done it. In fact, they're doing it, and whether it's slavery or mass incarceration. For sure. Can I speak to that? I feel like that people don't even understand that this small group of people mm-hmm. run so many people, you know, like I, I, I that's what I mean. Like that, that, that was a, a great point. There was like to really think that a small group of people can tell billions of people to stay in the house or mm-hmm. there will be consequences, you know? Right. So it's like, you really understand who really runs the world. Like you think you're free, but you're not really free, you know? Right. I'm gonna tell you some real. I'm gonna tell you, man, some real shit, man. Like when I when I got done doing my time, right? One thing, there's a lot of things that came from from um from up out of that. But you know, I did seven years when I was 15, from 15 to 22, seven years straight. So when I came home, I, I'm gonna be I'm 100 with you. Now y'all might look at it like it's crazy, but it's crazy to me now. Mm-hmm. Like, I always looked at like the world was like a bigger prison. Like, mm. when you come from prison, like how Johnny was saying earlier, well, it's like this world is bigger. Like, you got some dudes who bosses to tell you, like, man, I ain't missing nothing out there because they get fuzzy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They do right. their thing. They got right. the drugs. They used to always say that back in the day when it was open. Like, it ain't nothing in the world y'all can get that we can't do. Woo-woo. But when you come out here, it's like, damn, think of the president. Like, <laughs> you know, they, they they the government, the officials. Like, it's just it's crazy. Like, 
I don't know, like, man, it's just like, it's a it's a way bigger prison, like, and then, you know, it's levels to it, like, you know, they got maxes and mediums. This, like, to me, just like the, the last of the last, the bare minimum, you know? The bare minimum, <laughs> minimum, <laughs> minimum. Okay, this is the minimum I got you. they get, but it's, it's, still a big, it's still a bigger prison, you know? You can sell your drugs and get your money. You can rise in life, you know? And, but the only difference is out here, you got the power to make more changes, like, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. So it's like, you could, you got the power to change it, you know what I'm saying? And that's the difference. Like when you change it out here, you got the possibility of changing the world, not just one single institution. You know what mm, I'm saying? I got you. You know, so but that's I always looked at it like that, like, damn, this like it's crazy. You feel me? Cause these people, they really, man, it's just it, like, man, they like Charles said, so it's like, how can the such a small population just it's, it's crazy? Like, and then you know I they can tell you how I know exactly how. The wealth, yeah. the money, that's what I was gonna say. Right. Exactly. That and the pigment of their skin, the color of their skin. It, it, them them two things right there is what makes them what makes them dictate a lot a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And ideally yeah. we'd be represented, right? I mean, in a democracy the I the concept is that we make those decisions by voting and then we choose which people are gonna be making decisions for us. But you're right, what 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 throws that off is um the way that money plays a part in politics, the way that those decisions are not made based on what's best for everybody, but made depending on who, what small group can benefit from those decisions that they make, which is really messed up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe, maybe I got to, um, I've never been into politics. Maybe I got to step in politics a little more to believe, but I honestly be believing like that don't even matter. Like I believe they be so powerful. They handpick who they choose. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, part of that, yeah, like, Part of, that's part of it, right? Is that I ain't if you never can, seen politics in my in politics in my lifetime change the community, right? You never oh, seen it work for it. you, right? Right? <laughs> you say yeah. you nope. saying it? Politics run everything, so it don't matter whether man. That's why I want to be, you know, like that. That was always like, you know, I was I was always wrestling with myself, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And then me and Susie got to talking, and me and Debra be for that, and I found out you can be a politician as a felon. Mm -hmm. I found yeah. out why I really want to take myself my why I really want to take myself in my career. Politics run everything, yep. everything. So that means that even in our communities, them them food staffs that you get, they did that. The 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 uh, the the uh, uh, low income housing, they did that. Schools, Section housing, yep. the schools, they did that. All right. everything is dictated by politicians or politics. You know, so the only way we can really make a change is not by just going out to vote. But actually paying attention and being a part of politics, right. getting get on the inside, right? No, no, Charles, you, you, I, I agree, I agree with you one hundred percent. You just misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't believe in it. Like I know the government, the politics. Like I know that's what make the rules, the laws. Like I know they give us this and, and, and give us that and do this and set the laws. I'm just saying, like I believe basically it's so corrupt that right. what's my vote gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. that's what I was speaking on. He, Dimitri was saying, like, you know, people people got to go out there and vote and stuff. You know what I'm For saying? For sure. And make a change. But it's, I'm like, it's like, I, that's how I be feeling. Like, man, this shit's so corrupt. Like, they, like how they be talking about Trump got through office, through the Russian government. You know what I'm saying? That type of shit. Like, I be believing that, like, sometimes. Like, cause how did this man just get up in here? Like, <laughs> I'm brother, how he got up in there? I just feel like it was some type of politics. It wasn't just off of pure votes. Yeah, and you part know? of it is they want us to not 
feel like our vote has has any influence right and so they want us to stop paying attention and kind of check out and say um you know it is what it is but you're right if you don't have any good candidates to vote for right then yeah your vote is does mean a lot less and so i think dr morris has been saying for a while also like it's not just a matter of uh voting but we need people who you know, are real people who have the real people's best interest at heart to go out and run for office to get get involved. Like Dr. Tamara's been saying, she one day is going to be the mayor of Markham, and I believe it. And we that's what we need. You know, we need people who actually care, who actually will do the job the right way, who actually have some experience that that real people have and can relate to real people um, to be one of those options we can vote for. Um, because you're right, sometimes it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't make much of a difference who you vote for. Of course, you should still be out there getting involved. But um, if you don't have any good candidates running, then, you know, it limits how much power you actually have as a, as a voter, which is messed up. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree with you on that. And that's why I left the door open, I said, mm-hmm. um, when I first started off. I for said, sure, for sure. Know, like, maybe I need to get into it a little bit more. You know, yeah. I mean, if you see things you believe, like say, I know Charles. I know Charles' history. You know, we didn't, you know, we didn't rapped a little bit. He didn't tell me, man, you know, this would be yeah, this would happen to him. Okay, now if I see Charles get up in that office with my own eyes, mm-hmm. then I know, like, damn, right. this shit yeah. real because I know right. where Charles from. I know and Charles' history. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's exactly Charles what make I'm trying changes. to do. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying. My bad. My bad. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. No, I was at the end. I was just gonna say. So that's what I I need to see. Right. You know, to bleed some. Absolutely. Go, go ahead, bro. Yeah, that definitely. That definitely what it is. And see, like people, and I think that was the misconception with like Barack Obama. Like people always was like, man, we see Barack get get uh, we see Barack get elected. We have some hope. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, yeah, <laughs> and no. Yeah, yeah, no. it's progress, right? But it's progress, still. but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Barack Obama grew up he grew up, he didn't he he's still a black man, so he still had the same struggles right. that we had. It's a baseline but, struggle, but you know But yeah. at the same time, I'm not me from being where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Right. Our struggle ain't gonna be the same as you know right. what I'm saying. Being where Barack Obama is, is from, our struggle is the same as far as we are black men. So mm-hmm. I, that's my biggest thing. Like I want to push for more people to be want to be a part of politics. Like we can get them, our kids' um, ears earlier right. and be like, man, you know, you should either right. either push how much how important your vote is because you are important, your family is important, everything, your opinion is important, and also push that you know we need to start getting more of our own end, you know what I'm saying? Start paying attention to your alderman. Start paying attention to just more than just the mayor and the governor and the president, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Start paying attention to elected judges and officials, you know? For sure. And that's what we're doing here, right? I mean, that's that's part of why this podcast exists is so that people whose voices have not been heard have an opportunity to be heard um, beyond their neighborhood, um, mm-hmm. but also in their neighborhood, right? So that people can say, oh man, I don't hear many voices like mine in the media, except for in, you know, a couple very limited spaces. Uh, so it's kind of expanding where people get to hear voices that sound like theirs, but also um, helping people who've never heard those voices realize that they're there and that, that they count and that they're important. Um, Charles, what do you think, what are you hoping is is different, stays different, stays changed uh, after we get back to whatever the other side of this is i hope people start paying more attention to germs that's that's for, that's for sure 
Okay. I think people definitely will come out of here being more cleanly. You know what I'm saying? Everything will be more clean. Right. You know, because I, I hope that sticks, you know, because you don't have to be a neat freak to be clean. You know what I'm saying? You just got to... <laughs> Right. Yeah, you know. So bare minimum, you know wash your hands. Yeah. Bare minimum, wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Before you, before you, you know, don't be inconsiderate in, in places like fast food spots and right. guys that are necessary. You know, I think that we're going to come out of that knowing more. Also, I hope people still stay connected more. Like, hmm. you know, because right. we really, like, with social distancing, it was like, we're going to do this together. You know what I'm saying? That's that was true, the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody like, man, we're going to do this together. Everybody doing it together. I wish they everybody keep that same um, yeah. attitude that we all are human beings. Right, right, right. And I know it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would hope so. You know, that we come out of this and be like, you know, not really, it's not really about where you come from, what's going on. We all going through the same struggle as human beings. Right. And I hope I hope that's able to be, be done. Don't think it's gonna be, but I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> and with high hopes for for humanity, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice. It would be good humanity if we ain't could. gonna come together until we get a until we get a common enemy. Now, see, that's what I've been thinking, and I've been thinking like through this time, I've been thinking I've always had this thought that you know humans on Earth will kind of come together. Once, yeah, once they have a common enemy, and I thought maybe if it was like an alien invasion, people would get together and say, nah, it's humans, right? We're all together. Um, but even with this, right, it's, it's a virus. It's not us. It's a thing that's that's damaging all humans. And still, there are people who are choosing sides and, and doing all kinds of other things. Um, mm-hmm. And just skipping that togetherness part. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... that connectedness that I think a lot of us have gotten back to like for example I, I talk to my mom fairly frequently but I definitely FaceTime her a lot more <laughs> now uh, than we did before so yeah I, I'm hoping that interpersonal um, relationship part of it um, continues on and stays uh, if we get to whatever back to normal is yeah a lot of a lot of relationships like like me personally I don't really have like I'm not around family right now I'm not around like uh People I would have been around a lot, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, I think that people need to definitely learn how to uh, appreciate their families, appreciate just everything. This is going to make you appreciate just everything, you know? For sure. So when we talk about, um, he made a compare, he said like being out here, like locked up or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, I, when I was in prison, one of the first things I, one of my first realizations was um, hmm. microcosm, macrocosm, right? Hmm. Prison became like the microcosm of society, right? So everything, the personalities, everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, the unseen forces, right? But we just knew what they were in prison because <laughs> they identified. Sometimes there's other things that's happening, right? When we talk about prison politics, mm. because I was in prison at a time where prison politics was big, right? So so there was a lot going on. When I mean politics, I mean, you know, you have all these different organizations or gangs or whatever you gotcha. want to call them. But the politics of the system in itself. So it it, it you can see the, the the resemblance between society, um, free society <laughs> mm-hmm. and prison folks in, in, in prison. And so I, I always thought about that. Um, but the other point I wanted to make was one of the things that I was looking at when, like looking at this overall, this idea of like 
free society and what's free, what's actually free, what does, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And then um, prison society. Um, and so this micro macro thing. And so I, I was looking up, uh, damn, social contract, John Locke, right? Okay. So I was reading something, you know, talking about the social contract and about as a society, right? So we talk about freedom. Mm-hmm. What do we have to sacrifice in order to be a part of the society or part of community, hmm. right? And, and and so when I think about that, it's the same way inside of the prison system with whatever particular group you're a part of, right? Hmm. So if you're part of this group and this group re- represents, let's say, Russia, right? Russia has its own rules, its own standards, and to be a part of that society, right? If you want to, if you choose to live in the Russian society, there's certain uh, freedoms that you give up right. that you don't, you don't think that you compromise, right? <laughs> right, but you don't you don't see that as a as a compromise on your freedoms, right? And it's and it's similarly expressed. So, in, and then let's say you're in this group, and this group is reflective of American society, right? And there these certain things that you have to give up as a part of it. So mm-hmm. it's this social contract and a different element, right? So it's looking at a social contract from not just the, the perspective of overall general society. Like, so when we talk about, man, I should be able to just go outside now because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you should just be able to go outside, but understand that when you, this, when, like now you don't really have a choice. You're born into, you're born into society. So it's not like, right. you're, we're not used to something else. Yeah. Right. Your birth certificate is your social contract, right? It's your contract. Real talk. When you birth yeah. license to um to to be a part of this country's you you with that birth certificate, that social security number, now you have to abide by these rules as an American citizen. This is what you these are all that stuff in these books and these laws or whatever, that's what you sacrifice in order to have so the freedoms right. that you have, right? Mm-hmm. When we think about it. But we cause when we think about but if we think about the intent if we look at the like the, um, the language of the Constitution that all men, you know, these inalienable rights, right? Mm-hmm. So we already know that we don't have we we have these inalienable rights have been compromised at, with the with the pen stroke. With the the, yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah. The minute you wrote the Constitution, you compromised inalienable rights, right? Yeah. And the minute that we chose to live in, you chose to live inside of a group. You had to understand that there were certain rules and responsibilities to the group or society that um, you had to sort of acquiesce to right and you don't yeah. we don't think about it we like we don't think that deeply in it right we don't think that deeply about it but um i had to bring those two together just so because when you when you said that there's the first thing i thought about was like yeah i used to say that in prison right that prison is the microcosm of of, of right. uh, larger society so well you hear the common phrase i don't know who said it who coined it but you uh prison is a reflection of society right you show me the people if, if, if mm-hmm. you're looking if you want to truly see the so- a society, go look at prisons, right? I don't know who said that. I, mm. I can't consider. But my point is, it for me, I always understood that the same things. Like if even if if, if like Charles or Dare, you think about like the politics. You like you see stuff. It's on a smaller scale, and then when you come out here, you're like, like damn, right? So. And I imagine it's because humans are still humans everywhere, right? And no matter what country you're talking about, whether you're talking about in prison or out of prison, human needs and wants are still going to be human needs and wants. And regardless of what structure there is outside of that, right, outside of your own head, 
humans are still going to be humans with needs and wants and, and still going to work the same way everything. it's mm-hmm. politics on on that level as far as wherever you're politics in jail it's politics on the street it's politics it's rules and regulations to everything you do mm-hmm. and so so for me it's no not- johnny i was gonna say i like i like i like when you said that because you know the prison that's like the worst of us like to them in the country that's the worst mm-hmm. the worst of the worst people that's your worst think. that's what yeah, they said but look it's like at the end of the day i mean i don't want to say it's a it's a it's a fact but she is you know being in the some motherfuckers you meet you to met some crazy motherfuckers like damn where else would you be and like for people who <laughs> going to shoot up schools and killing 40 kids you got because you know you gotta be a realist like they prison do has to exist it, has, it gotta be equal you know and it's funny you saying that right because people will hear what you just said and say, how could you say that and you spent seven and a half years in prison? And I will say is, you have you can say that because you spent seven and a half years in prison. <laughs> uh-huh. So people say, you know, I get it all the time. I'm in spaces because I do it, particularly with the work that I do. And folks like, man, you're an abolitionist? I'm like, what do you mean by prison abolition? Right? So do I think we need to abolish the way the system currently functions, the way it, the way it tries, convict? I'm talking about all the way from, from arrest to sentence, right? Do I think that needs to be shifted? Do I have an issue with that? Hell yeah. But if you ask, you telling me that you you saying this, I'm saying, oh, what you do is some of these folks need to be put away or tucked away until they can get out of, they can, until they move at least beyond the pre-contemplation stage, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but look, but look. Yeah. And at the same right, time, man. ain't no rehabilitation in there anyway. So even if you put them away in a certain in a certain setting, they ain't gonna be rehabilitated. They gonna come out worse than they went in. No, Definitely, a lot of people be like that. But what I was saying to my point with the, with the whole thing is like, your worst often reflects the best of you. Like that's for any, anything, anything created, you know what I'm saying? The duality of everything is a positive and negative. So in the country, if if our worst is the prison system, this and that, and we getting treated like shit, that reflects the best of the people who running this and created this. So at the end of the day, just because you're in prison don't mean the situation gotta be how they be. Like to one point in the county, people were sleeping with three beds, three, three inmates to one bed. And them little ass cells already, they should be made for one person. One person had their own cell anyways, you know what I'm saying? So nobody had to share no same cell. They already small. So now you bundling three, four people up in there like shit like that, I'm saying like that. That's what I don't be in agree with. Like, you know what I'm saying? For sure, yeah. And then the, the the unequality of it, like, why is uh, why is it more blacks and Latinos than anything in every right. prison down there? Like, that just don't, that's not right. I don't know what's going on, but I know it ain't right. If all over the country, goddammit, in every prison, it's mostly blacks and goddamn Latinos, unless it's certain privilege. And most of the privilege where it do be, I'm being real honest, most of the people, most of the prisons where it be majority white people, them be prisons you got to work hard to get to you got to do good in order to get here like you can't have these many tickets like or you can't catch no ticket in two years and you know what i'm saying certain little prisons stuff like that but it's just like so you know it's a, it's not fair in some type of way you know what i'm saying right you can look at it and just look at you know just saying? look at it right <laughs> and see yeah, that no it's got to be overhaul like, sure. you know what i'm saying like man this, this i don't realize like, this one thing i don't realize and then I don't realize this real, like this ain't nothing I realized a long time ago. I ain't realizing in jail. I just realized this recently. Life ain't fair. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is not. 
it's not fair, you know. Right. It's yeah, not nice. under, it ain't it ain't understanding. It don't give, it don't really care who you are. That that it they don't discriminate. You know what I'm saying? Life ain't fair, period. You know. Hmm. So I, that's another thing I hope we come out of this and do, man. Just make hmm. a better world, period. You know, I don't think it's gonna happen, but you know, just like a better world, make make it easier for people. Not make it easier for people. I wouldn't say that, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, make, make it, it easier for people. I say that. Yeah, yeah. Make, <laughs> make it easier living for people. Right. You know, like. Because you know we can, easy. right? Yeah. But so I, but the thing is, this it's about thinking, though, right? So for me, I always think about it's a uh, old African proverb that said the world wasn't left to you by your um, parents; it was loaned to you by your children, right? Hmm. And so if you always thinking about like what's best for your for your children, I mean, what's best for the next generation, then I think, then I think if you if you're making conscious decisions beyond the now. Right, because we, you know, we talk all this talk, but we live in it now. What's happening right now? What can I do right now? How much can I have right now? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? This is what we yeah. do. Well, how much can I do right now? I'm, I'm guilty of it. You, I mean, we all have these moments. But if overall we, if, I, if we collectively thought more about what are we leaving, so we know when we when we do something that creates harm, and we can say, okay, we see this is causing some. This may be a problem. 50 years from now, mm-hmm. right? my children will have to deal with, I'm not leaving that for them, right? So, because when I think about my children, I'm trying to set my children up so that they don't have difficulties or struggles that I might have. They may have mm-hmm. some difficulties, they may have some struggles that look di- totally different <laughs> right. than the ones that I had, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, you know, I tell like my kids now, y'all privileged. <laughs> but, but you know, Johnny, hey, you know that that was powerful what you said though, because you know that's like that's like that's 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 how the black community is. Period. Like, especially I ain't gonna lie, I, I'm to speak on our side where we know the gangster side of it. Like, we get into the streets and selling drugs, doing all that. Why? Because we want everything now, instant gratification. Like, we can't wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then we don't put that in the minds of our children. Like. To, to, to even build up like wealth over time. Like everything we want to do, we want it now. Like the fashion, you know what I'm saying? Everything, like, you know, just everything, man. It's, it's all about now, now, now. Even with the whole social media, like, you know, hmm. it's like, it's everything instant gratification though, man. Yeah, know, I mean, I, was, I mean, it's, it's like, it's I, on so many levels, I get it. You understand? Like, man, it, it bothers me uh, that we like, but this is just the way the world is set up, right? Everything is five fingers now. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But that's why I say I agree with you. It just be the younger generation, man. And them be the ones we need to reach out to because they need to learn about that stuff. Ain't nobody teaching them, you know? Yeah, like, that's what we need to be talking win, yeah. to. And like, you know? For sure. Like, for real, man. Johnny, we all shared one thing that we hope um, stays something that sticks from from changes that have happened during these uh social distancing times what's something that you hope we we stay with something that you hope we keep i have plenty of time to be still and appreciate the people around mm-hmm. okay you know, like man this is my it's probably gonna be horrible for me but um you know i, I had a baby born in september and 
you know, she's getting all of the time right now. Right. We probably, right. She, we, this one, we probably won't be able to send her back to daycare. That's going <laughs> to be an issue. It is a nice built-in paternity, maternity leave, sort of. What? <laughs> sort of. But it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, we don't feel it when it comes time to send her back right. to daycare. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, you guys, gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate the time to come together and talk about these crazy abnormal times. Uh, appreciate your insights and contributions. For sure. Another um, one in the books, man. <laughs> another one uh, in the books. But Charles, though, man, that's yeah, I, man, I definitely um wanna um if, if we can do a, be a regular guest on that, man, have them conversations, bro. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we're gonna get together a lot more frequently and have a lot more conversations, put a lot more episodes out too. All right, man. Y'all brothers have a blessed day, man. Enjoy the rest All of right, y'all. Y'all too, bro. Y'all too. Right, too. Y'all gonna be there. Y'all gonna be there too. Hey, thanks for listening to the Complicating the Narrative podcast. We hope you liked this episode. You can hear more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and your favorite streaming services. Complicating the Narrative is brought to you by Contextos. Contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing and reflection and to foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke change. 